Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous Division for You Big Book Study. My name is Larry Kay, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. Today is Thursday, May 25th, 2017, and uh, today <clears throat> we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are on page 45, starting with the first paragraph, Lack of Power, that was our dilemma. We're going to read through four paragraphs. Uh, today's readers, we have Sharon B. on the 12 Steps. We have Julie S. on the 12 Traditions. And the readers of the text, we have Penny C., Leslie M., and Katie G. Okay, let me give you the share ID, the reference number for Wednesday, May 24th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. That number is 9971. That's 9971. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, yesterday it's 9973 9973 all right the OA preamble overeaters anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience strength and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively <clears throat> there are no dues or fees for members we are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can indeed recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I'm going to now ask Sharon B. if you would read the 12 steps for us. Sharon? Good morning. This is Sharon B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in uh, Louisiana. Twelve steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. This is Sharon B. in Louisiana. Thanks, Larry. Thanks, Sharon. Okay, traditions. All right, we have some traditions. Julie S., would you read the 12 traditions? 
Sure, Larry. Can I be heard? You can. Excellent. Good morning, everybody. It's Julie from Florida, the 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should remain autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thanks, Julie. Okay, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we're discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read, and we are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're, we're picking back up in the big book. We are in We Agnostics starting on page 45. Penny's going to read starting with the first paragraph, Lack of Power. And she's going to go through four paragraphs. And uh, then our, we're going to comment on the, the last three paragraphs that she reads. So Penny, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everybody. Thank you. This is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power in which we, by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Obviously, but where and how were we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That means we have written a book, which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we came to a new man 
watch and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship. But his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God, for we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had nearly he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. We know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. To others, the word God brought up a popular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Perhaps we have rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. We were bothered with the thought of that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. We look upon this, the world of wearing, warring individuals, warring theological systems, and inexplicable calamity with deep skepticism. We looked askance at many individuals who claimed to be godly. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Yet, in other moments, we found ourselves thinking, when enchanted by a starlit night, who then made all of this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder but it was fleeting and soon lost. Yet we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to reassure you. We found that as soon as we were able to to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. So this chapter, We Agnostics, is one like if so many other people have mentioned that I just passed over for years, just passed over it. I never remember reading it in a group, even when we were studying the book. We just, just you know, if we if we mentioned it at all, it was very briefly and coming to these telephone meetings and reading these paragraphs and hearing people comment, the biggest thing, the, most, the best thing I got from this chapter is I became so open-minded. I was a bit skeptical when I came to OA because I had brought up in, been brought up in a very, very strict religion. And I had this little fear that this was another religion and people were going to try to convert me. And thank God I stayed and found out that all I needed to do was accept that I had a higher power. I already had that higher power. But I had to also accept that that higher power could help me, that I could tap into this higher power that they called God. And and I could choose my own conception of God. Well, I didn't think I needed to do that. I had, I had my own conception. It was it was good enough to get me through forty seven years, but then I realized that my conception was of a God that 
wasn't wasn't approachable and I needed to have my own conception. It was okay if I did. And since then, oh gosh, it right away I I just am so so grateful that I I bought onto this program and I've never left and I've been uh been able with God's help to get recovered and stay that way for all almost almost now three decades and with that I'll pass. Thanks, Penny. Okay, we're gonna here's who I heard. Oh no I'm kidding, I haven't heard anybody yet. Um uh, Charles Angie Michael H Diane Michael H Michael H Michael H Okay Matt Matt M I've heard some people I've heard some people Okay, here's who I heard so far. I, I probably heard people that didn't even speak up. So watch how, watch this. This is pretty cool. But I did hear Kim. I think I heard Harlan. Yep. I heard Katie G. I heard Nessa. I heard Matt M. I heard Michael. Neil G. I heard Tina. You know, I think I, this is the list I'm going to go with, okay, because we've got a big list and we're going to keep it open. We're going we're gonna to run this meeting three, four hours if you guys want. I'll be here. All right, so I got Kim, Harlan, I got Nessa, Katie G, Matt, Michael, Tina. I heard Barbara and Vasa. So let's go with those for starters, and I do apologize to those that I didn't get yet here. So what's up, Kim? Good morning. Okay, you got to unmute. Kim, we're not hearing you. Okay, there I am. There, there you are. I just think, isn't it exciting that so many people want to share about the solution? It's so awesome. Oh, yeah, real, real uh, exciting, Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I just want to share on agnostic temperament. And, and this is something that I was given a new perspective of as a recovered woman, which I love. Because the definition of temperament is the usual attitude, mood, or behavior of a person. So how can I incorporate that in my life today as a recovered woman? So I've got to take the religiosity totally out of the word agnostic, atheist, and believer. So a believer in the 12 steps format is someone I think who's all in in this 12-step way of life, totally relying on a higher power. Agnostics means I'm dabbling back and forth between the 12-step way of life and self-reliance. And then my atheistic temperament is when I'm totally on self-reliance. And my goodness, I've got to tell you, even as a recovered woman, I can be in all three believer, agnostic, and atheistic thinking throughout the day. So this is essential. I, if I want to keep this way of life, if I want to keep the, the daily reprieve of having um, the obsession removed, then I have to keep striving using these steps so that I can have my 12-step way of life be that North Star. Am I going to still dabble in agnostic thinking and atheistic thinking? Absolutely. But that's what the step work is for. Because you see, being recovered doesn't mean that I'm not going to have anger, I'm not going to have resentment, I'm not going to have fear. What it means is I now have developed a skill set in 4 through 9, which I implement in 10 and 11, but I don't have to stay in fear. 
I don't have to stay in resentment, and I don't have to stay in anger. So this agnostic temperament is not only um, essential to acknowledge as you're going through this stuff, but those of us who I get a lot of phone calls from people who are in 10, 11, and 12 that are getting restless, irritable, discontent. And a lot of times I find it's because they're in the agnostic temperament again. So I think of that line on page 87, which I often use as an 11-step um, meditation. is Every day is a day I must carry God's vision into all of my activities. So am I doing this every day, or am I having that agnostic temperament start to lean in where I think I can do it on my own? Am I exerting Kim's vision or God's vision into the day? And am I doing it in all my activities? Where in my life am I saying that Kim can control this? Where am I going back to think I can manage my own life? And those are the exact area, that agnostic temperament, that atheistic temperament, which is totally to me about self-reliance, is going to take me down whether I'm going through the steps and entering step two or I've gone through the steps and I start to rest on my laurels. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Kim. Grabowski, party of one. Grabowski. <laughs> I'm here. I, where's my table? Hi, Larry. <laughs> oh, you got me laughing on a Thursday morning. Thank you. I'm Harlan G., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. And I want to thank you, Larry, and I want to thank everybody on Team Thursday for making this meeting possible. I came into this program in 1979 with a very, very screwed up relationship with what I called God. And I came in here and I, like the people in New York that formulated this program, wanted a lot less of the God. I didn't like the God, quote unquote, part. And the people in Akron wanted more cowbell and more God. And the people in New York wanted more of a psychological book, actually. And I look at this line on page 45, and it is the thesis line of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. This line is the thesis line. It says, very simply, its main object, well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power, capitalized, meaning God, greater than yourself, which will solve your problem, singular. Now, if I go back to page XIII in the forward to the first edition, somebody smarter than I pointed out to me that it says in the second sentence here, to show other alcoholics precisely how we have recovered in italics, is the main purpose of this book. Is it consistent? Absolutely. I go to page 20 in Arabic numerals in the chapter, There is a Solution. And in the preceding paragraph, it says, if you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? Here's the line. It is the purpose of this book to answer such questions specifically. Are these consistent? Absolutely. Why am I here? We come from the Oxford group, and the Oxford group was people looking for a spiritual awakening as the result of certain practices to bring them closer to God, and the tool that they used was altruism. The tools that they used were absolute honesty, absolute purity, absolute unselfishness, absolute faith, and they had a six-step program that's outlined on page 263 
of the fourth edition of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I am here because I have no alternative, as has been pointed out many times, I have no alternative to eating Oreo cookies than a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. That is why I'm here. This is the main purpose of this book, is to find a power greater than myself which will solve my problem. And I have not found it necessary to compulsively overeat in 18 and a half years, and I have done so happily. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks, Harlan. Okay, so we have Nessa followed by KDG. Hey, Nessa, good morning. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Um, you know, the, the word prejudice is mentioned so many times in this page and the next page and the next page um, because I believe we all come into the rooms full of prejudice. Um, I, myself, am an Orthodox Jew, and so, of course, I believe in God, and I never believed that I could be prejudiced. Um, I never thought I could be prejudiced. Um, but here, there's another line that tells me, um, and I just, uh, sorry, I just lost the line. Um, and who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? And I thought I comprehended the supreme being. I comprehended him enough to know that my puny little food problem um, was not important enough to warrant his attention. That, you know, God had much bigger problems to solve, like famine and war and abuse and things like that. But, you know, Nessus, you know, weight problem, nah, no time for that, you know, no attention for that. And, you know, I had to discard a lot of ideas about God, and that's another concept which ties into the, the prejudice issue uh, that the book talks about over and over and over again, and it's to let, let go of our old ideas, to throw old conceptions out the window. And that involves not only conceptions about food, and conceptions about weight and ideas about life, but probably and more importantly, also ideas about God, about what God can and cannot do. Um, you know, who am I to limit God? And by saying God can only address big problems and not little problems, I am limiting God. You know, by saying that, you know, this is God's problem and this is Ness's problem. God solves this and Ness solves that. Well, you know, I proved, I proved uh, uh, over decades that I couldn't even solve my problems. So who am I to say what God can and cannot do? You know, um, part of the reason why um, I had that mindset is because I was blocked from God. Even in all my religiosity, I was blocked from God. And I was blocked from God by two things. Firstly, by the food, because the food was my master. You know, I have two gods, but I can only serve one master. And when, I, and when I came into these rooms, I had a higher power, and it was the food. And I had to acquire another higher power and let him be my master. So I had to put down the food, and that was the number one block. And then I... Hey, 
Inessa, we lost you there. You can press star one. Hello. Are you there? Okay. We can hear you now. Can you hear All me right. now? Uh, Am can, I on? We can. Yeah, you, you're good. Oh, okay. Thanks, Nessa. Oh, sorry. I don't know what happened there. Um, but um, I was saying that the only thing that can um, remove my self-blockage that, are, that is caused by my character defects, my, my, my self-will, my selfishness, my resentment, um, are the steps. Other steps, and as I go through the steps, I become unblocked from God, and I discard those old ideas. I discard those those um, prejudices that I had that opened me up to um, align myself with God's will for me and for the universe, and thus recover from this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And that's in effect what I did: put down block number one, which is the food work the steps to get rid of block number two, which is myself, and live in the sunlight of the spirit, which enables me to solve all my problems. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thanks, Nessa. Okay, we have Katie followed by Matt. Hey, Katie. Hey, Larry. It's Katie G. May I be heard? You can. Wonderful. Hey, guys. Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic, and Bulimic, starting my timer in Boston, Mass. Yay. Love it. Love everything everybody has said. Um, What did I want to share today? I mean, yeah, me too. Like, I grew up with a God that, um, you know, I got ostracized from, or I felt ostracized from in the beginning. And then somehow during my addiction, I came up with this belief, like, if God really knew me, he wouldn't love me. And that belief transposed to people. And I remember being in the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous before I did the steps the first time nine years ago and thinking if anybody, if any man, because that's who I was looking for to partner up with me, uh, knew who I was, there was no way that he could love me. And thank you, God, that um, because I had that belief, I couldn't meet the man that I'm partnered with today because because I had to realize that, you know, God loves me and God loved me when I was eating and when I was starving and when I was behaving with sexual misconduct and, um, and he loves me now. And that's, I mean, that's one of the huge blockages that we agnostics comes to me for and talks to me. And, you know, I love this, the previous speaker talking about prejudice. What I've been told is, Prejudice is any idea I've had through what? It's 726. So any idea I've had through 725, call me. Let's do a turnaround. Let's talk about my old ideas, right? Let's talk about yesterday, how, um, you know, the food is down, guys. Food is down. Exercise is down. Everything is clean, right? So me and God are doing the work. And yet, I don't want to trust because of X, Y, and Z. When it's hysterical, it's historical, right? Like things are coming up. I'm in a relationship. I'm learning how to be vulnerable. Things are coming up. Feelings from the past. These are my old ideas. My old ideas. Don't trust other people. You better defend yourself. My, my chronic desire to be negative, to gossip, to slander, right? But what I love is that I can do a 10-step turnaround 
because of the clarity that God brings me a day at a time and get out of the prejudice, oh my gosh, how long did I believe that if I loved you, you're going to abandon me? And oh my gosh, what if I just trust God enough that I can love you by loving God and love God by loving you and that I can show up and be positive and that, you know what, KDG, people aren't going to screw you over. That's not what this world is about. And the biggest line that I love is like, guys, I don't have to define or comprehend that power, which is God. Guess what, KDG? If you define and comprehend that power that is God, do you really think he's big enough to take care of all your problems? And that is so beautiful. And may I continue to be open to my prejudice and my old ideas, and may you continue to all do this with me a day at a time and help me stay accountable. What a privilege to be with you guys for one more day, shoulder to shoulder. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Next, we have a statistical unlikely event. We have two guys in a row. And we're going to start with Matt, followed by Michael. Hey, Matt. Hey, Larry. How you doing? Good morning, Good. every week. This is Matt M., compulsive overeater from here in New Jersey. Um, well, that's exactly what this book is about. The main object is enable you to find a power greater than yourself with solving your problems. This book is a textbook. It's a textbook for me how to have a way of life. Because I don't know about you, when I was born, and they handed out the manual on how to live your life. I, I wasn't, I was absent that day. I never got the manual on how to live. So I'm basically, bro- I was broken from the get-go. I was a compulsive overeater since I was a kid, a baby, I believe, you know. And um, I'm looking for an excuse to, I was looking for an excuse to eat while my, my mom yelled at me or my mom and my family died on me or I dumped out of college or blah, blah, blah. I had tons of excuses for reasons for eating, but none of them, they all paled in comparison to what this disease did to me. I destroyed my body. I destroyed so many other opportunities. I lost friendships. I lost jobs. I lost almost lost my home that I was living in. I was almost evicted. That none of that stopped me. And, I, and of course, I believe that there was a, I believe there was a God, but the God I was raised with, I believe He didn't want anything to do with me, or that He was to damn me because of who I was as a person. You know, so I have to, this book has helped me to find a relationship and cultivate a relationship with a higher power of my own understanding. I finally believe I have one, and the farther I go in this step process, the farther I feel, the closer I feel to my higher power. So I'm just grateful that I can get that um, relationship stronger day by day by working the steps and staying connected to everybody in the fellowship and working the and going to the meetings and doing everything I can do to keep myself sober and abstinent one day at a time. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Matt. Hey, we got Michael followed by Tina. Hey, Mikey. Hey, good morning, Larry. May I be heard okay? You can. Awesome, awesome. Thank you uh, for your service, Larry. And I just also want to thank Harlan G. for his service and wish him a happy belated uh, birthday. I missed that earlier. So, yeah, I just wanted to plug into the power of of the pages here, the power of this program, and, and I'm grateful to be able to share. Urban Dictionary says an agnostic is a person who believes that the existence of a greater power, such as a God, cannot be proven or disproved. I I was not an agnostic when I came into program, but this really strikes me. This is our text says we found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get great results, even though, it was impossible for impossible for any of us to define or comprehend that power. 
which is God. I find that fascinating. And going back to the beginning, lack of power was was our dilemma. It certainly was my dilemma. And and I'm so grateful that that's exactly what this book was written for. When the first time I read that, I was just in awe because down a little bit below it says, some of us have been violently anti-religious. Well, I was not that either. But I can identify into this because I was very religious. I was very religious, but I wasn't unblocked. I was blocked from my higher power. I was really, truly blocked. I had faith. I had religion. But it wasn't enough to to bring about this psychic change. And what? No, I'm sorry. So, so my dilemma. What's my dilemma? Well, my dilemma is I'm powerless, right? But, but why? What, what am I powerless over? Well, my life is unmanageable. Well, my wife, my life was unmanageable. I was powerless over the food. I needed a power, and I was blocked. My life was crazy, nuts, out of control, unmanageable. And step two says that, that if I believe in that power, I can be restored to sanity. And I truly was insane. And so I worked these steps precisely as they're laid out in this book. I was able to become unblocked from this higher power. And, and, and thankfully, uh, I'm today able to report that I'm abstinence, but the biggest miracle is not that. It's that, that I have a power which I can live by, a force that guides me daily to a sane, rewarding life. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Michael. Okay, we got Tina, followed by Christy. Hey, Tina, good morning. Hey, Tina, I can't hear you. If you if you can unmute, that would be fabulous. Can you hear me now? <laughs> I can hear you now. Thanks. <laughs> okay, great. Thanks, Larry, for your service. Tina has recovered compulsive and a reader. Recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic. Right. Heard some really great stuff. You know, I'm so grateful that I hear exactly what I need in the mornings also. Uh and it's it's just a wonderful thing. That's why I continue to claim my seat and you know, I uh I'm so grateful that we're in the solution and, and that I know what my problem is, you know, that my problem is lack of power and that the solution is a power greater than myself. And um and, and that this book is exact, shows me exactly how we're going to find that power. You know, it enables me to find a power greater than myself, which makes me able. And, and it's going to be contentious, you know. Uh, we're going to talk about God. Not everybody's going to like it. I didn't like it initially. But what I, what I found out was that, you know, that all I needed was a willingness to believe. I didn't have to believe anything. And so when somebody told me that, I thought, okay, I can do this. And for only today. You know, I didn't know what I was going to feel like tomorrow, but the good news was that one day at a time with a willingness, you know, I cultivated a relationship with a power greater than myself that continues, continues to keep me living free one day at a time and to live my life and, and to help others, you know, and, and I just have to say this, you know, when I got here, there was, I was not wanting to help anybody was just here to help myself and that has changed there has been a, a 180 shift that you know i totally today i'm not just here for me most days i am here for just me but you know the good news is progress not perfection and that i get this opportunity and to hear people travel the road um, of happy destiny like me uh, on the same path and with that i'll pass thanks 
Thanks, Tina. Okay, we got Chrissy followed by Barbara. Hey, Chrissy, are you out there? Chrissy, if you're out there, press star one to unmute your phone. Okay, I might have lost Chrissy. Well, if you come back. Hey, Barbara, are you there? I am there. I will play my seat and Chrissy will get on. Hi, everyone. Interesting, we agnostics. Of course, it's been said there are no atheists in foxholes. Now, for me, I was not brought up in any... Uh, with any real sense of the of God, we were cultural Jews. We came out uh, to go to synagogue on the high holy days. And when people talked of God, I said, "How could there be a God when there are so many atrocities going on in the world?" In the name of religion, but I do remember that the rabbi, on one of the few occasions I was actually listening, said. In his opinion, God gives man free will, but God is there to give us the strength to carry through calamity. And certainly, we have heard that expression, as I said, no atheists in foxholes. Now, Aeschylus wrote a play over 500 years before the birth of Christ. He said in that play, he who learns must suffer. And through our despair comes wisdom through the grace of God beyond our understanding. This is a cliche. You've heard this one before, but I can choose to become bitter or better. I choose to become better. So I had to lay aside my prejudice, my confusion about the atrocities going around us and just say that God of my own understanding is there for me so that I can be a better person and then go on to help other people through these wonderful steps and this wonderful meeting is part of the tradition and part of the way I learn each day. Thank you. I pass. Thanks, Barbara. Okay, I don't know if Chrissy's still out there. But if you're there, Chrissy, you probably didn't hear me say your name. So same thing. I I also heard um, Charles. And um, so, Chuck, if you're out there and you want to jump in, if not, we'll uh, take some more names here. Hi, Charles H. Thank you, Larry. Hey, Chucky. What's up? Hey, what's up? Thanks for your service, brother. Um, So what I got out of the text this morning, out of all the beautiful shares, is um, that – I, I had to lay aside prejudice that that I couldn't do this thing myself. And I hear a lot, yeah. Um, what's up, y'all? I hear y'all, y'all chilling in the kitchen. Um, so I had to lay aside prejudice that I couldn't do this thing myself. I had to lay aside prejudice that something greater than me, right, can can solve my problems on a daily basis. Um, you know, I had to ask myself a few questions. One of them is, you know, am I trying to do God's work or am I trying to do God's job? And I, I, I could honestly say I was trying to do God's job, and I failed utterly because I'm human. When I when I really surrendered and I try to do God's work, like He just comes in, like He just comes in, like like to me God is like the wind, like you can't see Him, but things move it. 
right? So when I surrendered, you know, my thoughts and because and, and, and my higher power's thoughts are higher, like he just, yo, let me tell you, man, I heard this at an AA meeting and it was so dope. Like it was an eight-step meeting. I know we were on the second step. It was an eight-step meeting and, and, and the speaker says, why don't you make a list of all the people that hurt you and forgive them and then make a list through your inventory of the people you harmed and then make amends. I was like, yo, God was talking to that guy because I never thought about that. And I was like, that's why I got to stay and, 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 and allow God to use other people. And I'll close with this. The 12 steps, it's not human. And it's definitely a power greater than myself. So I think I'll choose to submit my will to that. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Larry. Thanks, Charles. Okay, who else wants uh, wants to chime in on this? Ross M. Vasa O. Okay, got Ross and Vasa. Who else? Rose M. Rose. How about one or two more? Neil G. Neil. And one Dana. more. Was that Dana or Tina? Dana with a D. Gina, Gina. Okay, let's go with that. And if everyone can mute their line, unless you're Ross. Hey, Ross, good morning. Ross, you can press star one to unmute. Can you hear me Ross, now? We, oh, I got you. Yeah, we can hear uh, you. Ross M from outside of Philly. Um, how awesome is it that we get to spend a couple hours together almost every day. Some of the strongest, incredible, courageous people in the world. I get chills just thinking of it, that we have this wonderful meeting and these awesome people and these shares and, and like, we're battling this together. We're not alone. And uh, I'm getting a little choked up. I'm sorry about that. It's my Sicilian getting up a little bit. But, you know, that power greater than yourself, that, you know, my first meeting in January, after 37 years of abusing and not really understanding what OA is and surrendering and coming to a meeting and putting down my pride and ego. And, uh, you know, I go through my newcomers meeting and, you know, you have to surrender this and, you know, uh, you're going to just rely on God, something greater than you. And I think I, you know, I almost crapped my pants because I had to give up control. And then I looked at what I did for 37 years, diets, whatever, exercising, everything I did and I failed. And then the scales start dropping from my eyes. Like, look, you got to surrender this over if you want to be free. And not about the weight, about compulsion and craziness. And as I worked the steps being four months, four and a half months in, you know, I'm regaining my sanity. I'm regaining my sanity. And, yes, I, I've always believed in God. I always believed that God was there. I don't know what he wanted to have to do with me, but I do believe he was there. And I feel that, you know, that word block came up. I was definitely blocked. I couldn't appreciate the miracles, little small things that were around me. When I've seen big, huge miracles in my life, and never gave it any thought. And, I, you know, this is a great chapter, and it's wearing me down even more, which is in a good way. Um, that it that it might just surrender my heart every day that, you know, 
God's going to take care of my life. I, right, I can't do God's job. I can only surrender to his will because he's got his best intentions for all of us. And I just refuse to eat over life now. So it's a, just, you guys are awesome. You don't even realize how awesome you are, that you're helping me and everyone else, and that we just got to keep this message going. Thank you. I'm so grateful. With that, I'll pass. Love you guys. Hey, Ross. Thanks so much. Okay, we got Vasa followed by Rose. Hey, Vasa. Hey, Larry. Thank you. Good morning for your service and everyone. And um, this is such a gift, gift, you know, this program. It saved my life, and I have I've seen people being saved from the food addiction. Uh, in every area, area, not with just the food addiction. And I'm just so grateful that I have found this program and, and the solution. And I had a lot of questions and and uh, uh, and confusion about God, about myself, about my family, about life. Of course, I did grow up in a communist country, but there's also alcoholism going in my home, too. And I remember praying to God, you know, well, God, you know, at times I'd pray, well, if you're there, you know, on my knees, I didn't come to the program yet, you know, in my adult life, going through life, you know, every once in a while, think, why is this happening in my house, this craziness? And I remember, I was like 19 years old, and I said, okay, God, then you must not be there, you know. And I kind of gave up, you know. And, you know, we also thought in school there's no God. So as I said, I had a lot of confusion. But, again, I was uh, I had the gift of desperation with the food addiction. I didn't know it was compulsive over it. I didn't know about anything but addictions to foods or disorders or eating disorder. I didn't know, I didn't know anything about it. I thought it was normal what I was doing, but I could not stop eating. And I could go on diets every once in a while. I could stop for a while, but I always picked that up again. So by the time I came to the program, I, you know, I was at the place where I was eating so much. I just felt like, just tell me what to do. And it's all, you know, and that's what I heard, just surrender, to surrender to a power greater than yourself. And for me, it was like starting all over, put everything aside, what I was doing up to that point. Point. It was like a new life, new beginning for me, you know. And that it, this has been going on for many years, 32 years. It, by the grace of God, I've been here with all of you and many other people in programs and meetings and conventions at times. And, you know, this is the only thing that has worked. So to me, it was just a surrender, pray, stay abstinent, work the steps they were laid out, and help others. What a gift. Uh, you know, uh, yes, I've had moments where life goes up and down, you know. I've had many things going down, you know, but I've been able always to draw on this higher power that, you know, that helps me with the food in, in every area of my life. So, and I continue. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks, Vasa. A rose by any other name. Rose, you're up. 
Hi, um, this is Rose. Um, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, thank you, Larry, for your service, and um, just thank you to everybody um, you know who makes this meeting happen every day. Um, I I can really really relate to um, these paragraphs. Um, I think when um, when I um, think about my conception of God, um, I think about um, uh, the sentence where it says. Um, to to others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. And I think my experiences in childhood of being abused um, of, you know, um, in my situation, my mother having been the abuser and my father just watching. Hold on, honey, I'm on the phone right now. That's my son. Um, I think it caused me to grow up with this idea of God, that um, God just sat back and watched things happen to me. Um, And even with regards to the world, um, you know, I've struggled with all of these questions um, and these issues. Um, You know, on page 46 where it talks about warring individuals, inexplicable calamity. Um, And I had thought to myself, um, even, you know, being someone who had believed in God, you know, how can these things happen? Um, But when I um, when I was faced with um, the fact that I was dying and there was no way out and I was insane um, and I looked at the steps, um, particularly step two, um, you know, which is do we believe that God or our higher power can restore us to sanity? It um, really made me um, think about uh, my conception of God, um, really made me reconsider it. Um, And I thought I had this down because I'm Christian, and, you know, I just thought, well, you know, I've got it all down. I've got this figured out. I'm good up until, like, step four or whatever. Um, But it really shook me and made me realize, you know, um, if – if this God wants to restore me to sanity, if I'm the one who feels like I'm drowning and I don't know how I'm going to escape, and there's this hand reaching out to me that wants to restore me to sanity, then then God must be good because if God wasn't good, why why would he want me to be okay? Why would he want to restore me to sanity? And I think the other thing, too, that I really believe is that um, – you know, if if my body is suffering, if I'm dying, how how can I be of maximum service to others and the people around me? Um, you know, if if I'm not in a state of of being spiritually healthy, I can't I, I can't be of service. Um, I can't be of maximum service to God and and my family and the people around me. Um, and um, so with that, I pass. And I'm just so grateful for all of you. Um, thank you. Thanks, Rose. Okay, we have time for Neil and Gina. If you guys split the time, a couple minutes each. Hey, Neil, good morning. Neil, press star one to unmute. All right, why don't we, uh, Neil, let's move on to Gina. Gina, press star one to unmute. Hi, this is Dina. Dina with a D. Oh, Dina with a D. Hey, Dina. Hi, how are you? I'm so glad to be here. Good. Um, this is my first time sharing, and I'm a little nervous, so um, I'll just begin. This chapter, We Agnostics, it was a difficult chapter for me because I thought 
I had it all. I was not an agnostic. Why would I need to read this chapter? Um, and I read it the first time I read it. I read it with very, very careful scrutiny because I was so fearful that it would lead me astray. And I have to say that it is one of the most spiritually enlightening chapters or in any book I've ever read. And one of the things that caused me to be that way was the idea of God that was impressed upon me in childhood. Not, And it didn't take me where um, the book says to reject that God entirely. No, no, no. I embraced that. And not only did I embrace it, I embraced the idea that I had all knowledge, just like the fellowship that I belonged to. I had it. And everybody else was didn't have it. So my prejudice was different. Um, so it was even difficult for me to get a sponsor because I wanted to make sure that I had a sponsor that believed the same way I did because my idea of God was the right idea of God. Um, but looking where it says it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. Wow. Once I was able to say, I don't understand. I, 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 I have a lack of power, and I think I know this power, and I'm blocked from this power. I don't understand this power at all. Let me open up myself to God and let him reveal himself to me. And putting aside the prejudices that I thought I had at all has opened up a world of spirituality that I never knew that I was existed. And even as recently as um, a trauma that happened to me recently with a best friend who accused me and pointed out my selfishness. Wow. You know, I, here I am looking at selfishness in myself and I, I'm getting irritated and, 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 and discontent um, because of this person and trying to uh, do a resentment uh, in my resentment list and putting her on there. And the realization this morning as I was thinking, how can I get out of this selfishness? And then I realized I can't get out of the selfishness, but God can. I can't. So I'm thinking, okay, so the next time I talk to her, I need to avoid uh, words like I, and I can't talk to, about myself. So I really have to work on this. And I think now I don't have to work on it. I have to let God work on me. So um, I, I love this chapter, and um, I, I just want God to reveal to me more and more. And thank you, every single person on the line that's making this mean possible and thank you larry and i pass dina i'm calling you out you what do you mean nervous you didn't sound nervous at all so anyway hope that wasn't too bad all right we're gonna neil if you can hang on for the next uh the next hour here um we would appreciate it because it's time to wrap this thing up it's a wrap all right so uh thank you to everyone who has shared please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing um i want to give you the share id 
The share ID for today, May 25th, is 9977. That's 9977 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. And uh, we're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And Leslie, are you there to do that service for us? Yes, I am, Larry. Thank you. Thank this you. is Leslie M. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.